When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's very much a transfer-themed tripe supper this week, uh, obviously starting with Victor Valdez, Vic. Uh, what a sign. It is a great sign. I'm, I'm proper excited, uh, not just because uh, Valdez has come in. Obviously, you can't argue with his, his pedigree and his, uh, his trophy cabinet. Six La Ligas, three Champions League, World Cup, Euros, and a whole host of other small clubs that we... He probably doesn't even think about it. It's an incredible signing, really. And he's played 500 games for Barcelona. Uh, a top quality player. And people might raise question marks about the last year or so when he's only played the 10 games. But, you know, we know he got caught in a highly politicised situation at Old Trafford where they cocked up the outgoing transfer of David De Gea. And he had arrived with the intention of being number one and found himself frustrated on the sidelines and he had a fallout with the manager so that, that explains that situation uh, his injury was the best part of two years ago you know he's clearly fit Man United wouldn't have signed him if he was a crock and although he hasn't played much football this season he's ended it with a, a Belgian Cup final winner's medal so you know clearly he's a good player what I'm more excited about is not so much the players that are coming but the the way that Borough have gone about doing their business and the time scale uh, at this stage last year, we'd only just announced Alex Baptiste. And there's been pre- plenty of years in the past where we haven't made our first couple of signings till the week before the first match of the season. Mm. I mean, here it is, we've got five wrapped up and waiting on a rubber stamp from the Home Office on Gaston, and we haven't even played the first friendly yet. I mean, that's good business by the club. Just on Valdez, uh, John Ovick, obviously it's understandable you only have to look at the pedigree to see why Borough wanted him. Why Borough for him then? Why a player who's, who's done everything in the game, absolutely everything? What, what's the appeal for him? Well, I think he's got a massive point to prove. He'll, he'll, you know, a player that has been at the top of the world in, in the new camp and has rubbed shoulders with, with the Messi and Ronaldinho's of this world, you know, he's, he's done it and been there and seen it all. But he will have moved to England, as Vic said, kind of thinking, I'm going to become the number one at Man United here. And he will, I don't care who you are, he will have been hurt a little bit at what's happened in the last two years. He's back from his injury, he's desperate to play, he's ready to play, and he's fallen out with Van Gaal. He actually fell out with Van Gaal at Barcelona as well. Mm. He'll have a point to prove, and he'll think, hang on, I want to be a Premier League number one, and these last two years of my career have pretty much been written off. And you know everyone's doubting me, so you'll come here thinking this is a really good opportunity for me to become a number one in the Premier League, prove everyone wrong before the end of the career, and actually have a a good final kind of swat, you know swan song. Kind of. Otherwise, you could have just moved to America and probably got a decent deal there, albeit a poor standard of football. My understanding is he was offered an absolutely mega contract in the Chinese Super League, which he turned down. I think, we're, I think we're the only three who haven't been offered a medal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to, why not? Uh, I think the other thing is, you know, you can't underestimate the value of personal relationships here. Uh, you know, he, he met with with Aitor in Barcelona last week, and obviously, you know, they're, they're personal friends. And I think Aitor has sold the project to him. And I think we know that most people that come over and see the setup and have a feel of the club and they meet Gibbo and they realise that you know this is a really ambitious club and it's a, an exciting project 
and players want to be involved in things like that. They want to be involved in a, an ongoing, developing, uh, ambitious project that they can feel that they've made a contribution to, rather than just ticking boxes on a in a club that's treading water. One one thing I always says when he signs a player, isn't it, is that he look he looks at the person, the personality, not just the player. And what you do get with Victor Valdez is you get a, a serial winner who has won all the time. It's not just what he's going to do on the pitch that that'll be you know, massive for Borough. It'll be off the pitch. He'll walk into the changing room. And some of these players that played in the championship come from the championship, like an Adam Clayton, for example, who is just back up to the top flight now. Having someone like that who has won everything in the game next to him, that can only be good for Borough. Um, I mean, I think it's a fantastic sign, and obviously with, with the point to prove. Um, but equally, I don't think that the red carpet's going to get rolled out for him. I'm sure... That ever since Aitor stepped in, he's he's given he's, he's run a meritocracy, hasn't he? Whoever has done the, the bit on the training bitch has got has got the the shirt. And Dimi Constantopoulos has shattered record after record over the last two years. Um, I don't think he's going to be ready to just throw in the towel and, and give Valdez the shirt. So I think that competition, which Borough haven't really had in the last two years, is going to be massive as well. I was going to say that. I mean, you look and you think, you know, he was, I was reading a piece where he was voted the, the best ever goalkeeper in, in, in the Spanish league. Uh, he's won everything there is to win with Barcelona. Lionel Messi said he's the best club. He's the best uh, keeper Barca have ever had. So does it seem ridiculous to ask whether he will come in as number one or, or whether... Dimi has the right to start the season as number one and, and, and Valdez will have to bide his time. <laughs> well, I mean, it does seem it ridiculous is, to us, but it then is, it's, you it know, is, Dimi does deserve yeah. the, the spot, doesn't he? At least, and at least until he does something wrong. And a series of keepers have come in and, and Dimi's seen them all off just mm-hmm. by working hard and grabbing the shirt and, and keeping it on, on the basis of his performances. And you can't argue with Dimi's stats last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, took 20, 22 clean sheets. Uh-huh. That's not bad going. <laughs> Everything you've seen from Aitor all the way through is that he does have a ruthless streak when he needs to, like any good manager does, but he always gives someone a chance. And he gives all the way through pre-season. It's no coincidence that there's been no outgoings at Borough, or no notable outgoings at Borough this, this summer. They're getting the squad together, and pre-season is going to be a chance where I'm sure he will have sat them down and said, you're all on a level playing field here. Forget what happened last year. Forget you know, your achievements of getting promoted. It all starts now, and whoever impresses me from Saturday's game against York then gets the shirt and then you know, fight for it. I saw set, set his stall out on that really, really early on. Uh, if we can remember back in the mists of time when we used to have to get in loan players, uh, when uh, a big Ken Omer uh, arrived and everyone expected that because he was from Chelsea he was going to go straight in the team, but he was kept waiting around for about six weeks before he even got a look at a shirt. And that's partly because uh, I, I saw wants to establish that as a principle, but also that it took him that long to get in with the shape and tempo and intensity and mentality of the team, so he'll expect that. The advantage that Valdez has is that he's arriving at the start of pre-season, so he's going to get the best part of a month to be instilled and embedded, uh, rather than have to wait for his opportunity. I mean, I think it would be a, you know everyone will start from scratch, and if he's as good as we th- we think he is and expect him to be, then I would think he probably would be the number one. But based on his pre-season rather than 
you know, any favouritism. Valdez will be under no illusions though when he comes here. He, he won't think I'm guaranteed a number one here. A player like that doesn't come and think that. I mean, at Man United, he probably will have held his hands up for the first few weeks and thought, right, I'm behind David De Gea, probably the up-and-coming goalkeeper in the world. But what really would have irked him was when De Gea was dropped in the stands and then I think, was it Lindegaard that was picked in front of him? That's what would have annoyed him. He'll bide his time and he'll wait for his chance, but when he does get that chance, then you know he'll want a fair crack of the whip and I'm sure he'll get that at Borough. You touched on getting the squad in early and what have you. Um, obviously, Borough confirmed this week that they're going to Marbella. It's crucial, isn't it, that, that Karanka now has, has the basis of the squad that he sees starting next season all together yeah. when he gets them together for a week there. Yeah. It's been a big, it would be a big advantage. I mean, in, in the past, we've had players arriving the week before the first match, uh, maybe a week before the deadline, and then on deadline day, and it causes disruption. I mean, apart from anything else, that's the first three or four matches out of the way before you've got your squad finished. I, I think it underlines an intention by the club this season to do things properly uh, you know we know that they're not going to scrimp on the price if they, if they know it's the right player they're getting people in very early uh, and it, to me it's sending out some very strong signals that the, the club are going to have a go this year it's a plan that it's a message that the plan is in place the difference between last year and this year is that Obviously, the playoff final took Borough right up until the end of May, and then you're only talking a case of what four or five weeks before the players come back. As soon as Borough got promoted, that that plan would have been you know, the green button will just need to be pressed, and then the wheels start turning. And Borough have had four or five weeks advantage over what they had last season. As you mentioned, Baptista's only just signed this time last year because they didn't know what division they were going to be in, so they probably had two lists. This time, you know, you've got to take your hat off. And these signings don't look like they're just being plucked out of nowhere. They look like the people that have been monitored for a number of years, waiting for when Borough gets to the top flight, and, and now we're reaping the rewards. This week's reminded me of January a bit, in that yeah, I remember when Rhodes signed and, and Ramirez signed that week, and that the Ramirez signing kind of went under the radar, didn't it? Because there was that much excitement with Rhodes. What that, I guess what the Valdez thing's done is is suddenly the Darun thing feels like a it seems feels like an age ago. But I don't know about you, but I'm loving what I'm reading from Daru. Daru's my favourite player already, and he hasn't kicked a ball yet. I love him. Oh, his quote that I really liked was where, um, you, when, when I'm not there, you'll, you'll notice that I'm not there. Yeah. That, that's the, just the, what, what you want to read, isn't it? The quote I liked was when he admitted that, yes, sometimes I am a bit of a dick on the pitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he, look, he looks a lovely bloke off it. And obviously the bullseye, the bergamot, a brilliant nickname. But I, I've never known a player with so many nicknames. <laughs> the, ball for it yet. the wave break. Yeah. <laughs> Similar to the, to the Valdez and Dimmy situation then, you know what happens there in terms of selection? I mean, Ledbetter and Clayton last year were, were first choice, nailed on, and then there's Adam Forshaw as well. Well, obviously you're looking at Saturday's game at York. I'd expect Ledbetter and Clayton uh, to probably start that game. Um, obviously, I think last year at York he did kind of two different teams in 45 minutes, didn't he? I expect that to be the case again. The numbers fit. Obviously, you've got Adam Forshaw that may well be pushed, given a number 10 chance possibly because of Borough's lack of numbers there. You've got Dessart who you might get a, a kind of a first proper look at as well. I think everyone's going to be given a chance in pre-season and I can't wait to see Darun. I think what it, I mean, we said this several times now. The whole point of recruitment is to raise the bar in every department in, in the team, and that's what they've done. They, they've raised the bar. Uh, the other two, three, will have to respond to that. It's, it's up to, to uh, Grant and Adam to make sure that they keep the shirts on merit. Uh, De Bruyne's obviously he's very ambitious. You know, he's proved himself in, in the, the Dutch league, and he's stepped up to 
Serie A, which is one of the toughest leagues in, in the world. Uh, he was the top tackler in that, that league last year, so he's clearly not, not scared to put his foot in. And he was the second in terms of uh, making interceptions. So that, that sounds like a very, very useful addition. Uh, he's played at, played at the top level. Uh, it's got to be good news. And knowing the mentality of the, the lads that, that, that are in that squad, that they will, they will relish the challenge. I mean, Grant won't want to give up his shirt lightly. Especially with Sunderland on the second second weekend of the season, he, he looks like somewhat of a baby-faced assassin, doesn't he, Darun? You know, when you look at him in his interview, you can't believe that there's this man who gets on the pitch and kind of this all the ego comes comes flying through. Uh, sticking with transfers, strikers, obviously the next thing I guess that's being talked about, and that seems the next obvious move. When do you think we can expect movement there? And, and I mean, there's been some massive names linked. Obviously, Van Persie was, was quickly rubbished, but Negredo is another one. Babacar's a name that won't go away. What do you think would be the movement there? Uh, it's a very, very important position. Um, it's one that they need to get right, and it's one that they will take time to get right. And strikers, people who score goals and win games, are very, very rare and very difficult to get hold of. And clubs want to hold on to their best strikers. So that potentially, as you know, that could rumble on. If they want to get someone good, that could rumble on. I think they are prepared to wait a little while longer to make sure they get the people they want. I mean, my understanding is they're working on two targets at the minute. Uh, it's not like popping down the shops. You can't just go and get that and say, right, I'll take that and kind of the gift receipt. It, it's sometimes a complex negotiation and you've got to get the price right. You've got to get the person right. They've got to want to come. Uh, and that's his starting ground and clubs don't want to release someone who score, scores goals until they get someone potentially lined up to replace them so that could be the one that drags on a bit but my understanding is that they are it is their priority and they're working on it you um, like the idea of Negredo John? yeah I'm going to champion my own little cause for Negredo <laughs> I thought when, I, when he was at Manchester City I mean, if you were a defender you'd be frightened he'd frighten the life out of you wouldn't he he's an absolute beast of a man um, it's been interesting. I was surprised actually when he did leave Manchester City, um, and obviously he's gone to Valencia, and the, you know he doesn't seem to be that happy there. I think he's a name that a lot of people will be looking at. I think he does have unfinished business in the Premier League. But as Vic said, I mean, striker is so difficult to get because they are the difference. And I mean, there's a lot of good goalkeepers around. There's a, you know, there's a lot of good right backs around. Striker is the one position where it does take that little bit of extra time, where you see. It, on deadline day, so many striker deals go through in that last minute for big money because that is the difference. I think Borough will be quite happy with that though. If if they've got their pretty much their structure in place, their spine in place, albeit, and let's not forget the Bursts have bought Jordan Rhodes yeah. in the belief that he can yeah. do it in the Premier League as well. If if they come to the last kind of few weeks of the the window or just before the start of the season and they're just missing that one striker, they'll be quite happy with that. I think. TV games, obviously they were announced this week, and the Sunderland one we weren't one bit surprised at, were we? Uh, West Brom. It's the one they all wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, that was a bit more of a surprise, wasn't it? Ever Everton's got the, the look of a, it, a tasty-looking game. The West Brom game has a feeling of contractual obligation about it, doesn't it, really? Not as much <laughs> as Burnley-Watford a couple of weeks <laughs> It's a couple of boxes ticked there early on. Uh, we know that there's a minimum number of games that each club has to have, so 
you know, we tick a few off early on. I don't know if I can call it Super Sunday. It's West Brom Borough followed by West Ham v Bournemouth. So I don't know if <laughs> that's what, what I uh... pay my subscription for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you surprised to see? I mean, three games in the in the first what five, six, seven weeks of the season. It, it is. The, I know. I know. You know. There's the idea of getting the getting the promoted teams on away from home because it boosts the subscriptions and whatnot. But, but it's a fair whack, isn't it, for Borough? Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad that they're not home games because I think home games disrupt things more and, and it's nice that people sat at home can actually see the, the games away. Although the downside of that is the disruption of people making plans to, to go to away games. Uh, none of them are particularly bad trips, so it, we're, not, we're not being moved for the Bournemouth game at half past nine in the morning or anything. So, and, yeah. and and it's early days, so you can factor that in. So logistically, it's not too bad. Sunderland, I think, was a given. The other two, not exactly mouth watering, but you know, by the time we get there, there might be something right on it. I know you did a piece on um, earlier earlier this week talking about Hull and Burnley in comparison. And Hull kick off the season, don't they, against Leicester? Leicester yeah. And Burnley have got one before October, one I think. But out of the three promoted teams, obviously Hull and Burnley have both been in the Premier League since. Yeah. Borough were last there, so there's probably for the neutral a little bit of intrigue about Borough more so than the other two newly promoted. Maybe that's why I talk. Current, uh, I imagine from the outside and what happened, what happened or didn't happen last season might be a little bit intriguing, and, and a lot of people will be looking at Borough and, and the early business they've done as well, and kind of be like, mm, I'm I mean, intrigued. You're intrigued in two though. minds because obviously, on one hand, you don't want to be on the telly because it's a bit of a chew on and the rearranged games, but on the other hand, you do because that means that you've become a story mm. you know you want to be part of the story you know we want to be a team that people want to see because you know we're causing upsets and we're ruffling feathers and you know, flying above our station and that, that, if that's the story of the season and we're on telly once in every three games then I'll be happy with that I think there has been a, f- a feel of that this week I think the Borough seems to be the story again with Valdez and with Room, which is one of the more substantial yeah. uh, deals to be done so far so, so people are talking about yeah. Borough aren't they? But that's partly because we're the first ones to get out of the blocks and, and doing a lot of business early so obviously that fills a lot of those uh, the hours on uh, rolling news uh, I think once the money does start to flow we'll see this season there's going to be some really really big transfer fees paid because then, you know, effectively the money's doubled. I mean, fifteen million pounds for Jordan Ibe. Mm. You know, that's that's a, a lot of money to be, to be paying for potential. So that kind of gives an indication of where the market might be. Uh, you know, we perhaps raise eyebrows at, at paying twelve million quid for a defensive midfielder, but you know, we don't know what, what's going to happen this season yet. Uh, John, before we wrap up, potential outgoings. Adam Reach has been linked with, with uh, three, four, five championship clubs. You've kind of kept your, your eye on that over the summer. Do you, do you think? Do you think? I mean, Vic did a great piece earlier in the week looking at the twenty-five man squad mm. limit and how it could affect Borough. Do you think it's inevitable that we will see players leave the club? It's inevitable that some players will leave the club, but I don't think it's inevitable that a certain name will leave the club, not until we've seen them in pre-season. I think that's, as we touched on earlier, that's been the philosophy that Itor will have a look at everyone in pre-season and give them all a level playing field. Uh, with the reach, you it's no surprise that after what he did last season, pretty much every club in the Championship will be looking at him. I know that um, our colleagues in Newcastle will look, you know, highlighted him as a potential Championship player. But I think he he deserves a little crack at the whip again uh, this summer. I think as a player, it will he. It's interesting to see what he will be thinking. Obviously, he was shown the door last season and didn't get in for his Championship team. Will he be confident in himself that he can push himself into that squad? 
Ito says that he likes him. He's a perfect winger that does the dirty, you know, the, the job that Ito wants. But I think it's, the proof's going to be in the pudding, isn't it? I think we're going to have to look at the first few friendly games with a reach, with a foreshore, for example, um, and, and just see, can they step up with all these other players that are coming in? The championship teams will look at us this year in the way that we looked at the teams that had gone up last year, yeah. thinking, are the two or three people there that won't... Would you have so to so so Maybe in the Premier League, but we know that they, they, they've got promoted in the, in the championship. Mm. So we now have a clutch of, of players who are proven promotion-winning championship players. So that, that gives them a premium when it comes to actually you know, having to trim the squad and maybe one or two of those will have to, will have to be sold. Uh, they've proved they can do it. So ambitious championship clubs who want a player that's been there and done it, you know, who can handle the pressure of the promotion battle, who can handle the playoff battle, and we've got those people, so there's, there's a premium to be paid there as well if, you know, if they do leave. This, this time last summer, um, obviously none of us were talking about Dale Fry, and he really rose mm. to prominence through circumstance of a few defenders being out. Now, you could argue the same that this pre-season, Borough are certainly missing two wingers in Stuani and Fisher, who aren't in yet, aren't trained yet. So the first, certainly the first game against York, if not the second one as well, you think that someone like Reach will be given the chance, that, but this is the time that he has to because, you know, Itor and, and Steve Gibson have spent the money on Fisher. He will be given it a, a pre-season. The time he has to hit the ground running. Someone like Reach, like a foreshore as well, because when these international players that have the extended kind of leave, when Bernardo Espinosa comes back to fitness, you know, this is just going to increase the competition that's already there. Excellent. Thanks a lot, fellas. Much appreciated.